Hi besties and welcome back to another episode of Coffee with Shay or Shy, however you pronounce it. I am your host, Shy. So there are a lot of life updates. Um I don't even know where to start. Okay, so we're gonna backtrack and my birthday was great. We went to Chicago. Um, I did cry lots because obviously dead dad on Father's Day definitely makes you really sad, but I ended up enjoying my weekend, um, and Logan is obviously such a sweet person, and planning me going to Chicago. Some other life updates, I have officially been diagnosed with bipolar 1 mixed, PTSD and ADHD, and I am now on medication, and I know that last episode I was like, I literally don't have bipolar disorder. Like, there's no way. Like, I have BPD. I have a lot of trauma, so it makes sense if I had bipolar, I had BPD instead of bipolar disorder. And so here we are. That is not true. (laughs) I have bipolar 1 mixed. And so the DSM-5 is definitely changed, and bipolar 1 mixed just means I have mixed emotions a lot. And I thought that was really interesting because I thought that's why I had BPD really was I have really highs and lows throughout the day. So not like highs and lows throughout periods of time, but highs and lows throughout the day. And I do have like some kind of depressive episodes and some more manic episodes. And I, I don't really, I don't really describe them as manic episodes. I would really describe it as like highs and lows in my emotions and they fluctuate a lot. So I have bipolar 1 and ADHD and PTSD, so now I'm on medication. And I think that the medication is really helping. I'm on a mood stabilizer and I'm on a stimulant, which is pretty interesting to be on because I think that they're the best mix, in my opinion, for me. Not for everyone, but for me, it's the best mix to be on a stimulant and also on a mood stabilizer because I feel like in the past couple weeks, I've been more bored. I know that's weird but bored because I don't have anxious thoughts 24-7. I'm not super upset all the time. I'm not going from highs and lows all the time. I'm not trying to sit and focus on whatever I'm doing for a long period of time. And I thought that was pretty freaking awesome. I have explicit content on this uh, podcast, so I can say it's pretty fucking awesome that I have been on this medication and it's been working. Mood mood stabilizers usually take around, I think, two weeks to kind of like get into the system. And then we're going to up my mood stabilizer, which is going to be fine. And then we're going to up my stimulant, which is great. I'm kind of on like low baby dosages right now, but I think that they're both working really well. I've also been on a really good morning routine. So I have been walking pretty much every day straight since June 1st. So that's pretty good. We're in a month and a half of walking almost every morning or night and doing some kind of daily movement because we're not here for the word exercise. We're doing daily movement and it's been really, really helpful for my journey and healing my relationship with exercise and movement in general. And so I feel like I've really been healing that little shy who used to hate movement because she had really crappy coaches and I know from people in my hometown are probably going to disagree but I really hated them not all of them but I hated most of them and so anyways on to that I've been doing daily movement that's been great for the past 11 days straight because I tried this in um May and I couldn't finish it because I just was not on it but I have been doing daily affirmations and I have like a little Star Wars bat, a little Star Wars journal 
and I do daily affirmations and so those can look like I'm pretty or I'm a good person or whatever it is or I am building the life I've always wanted and I think that's so interesting because uh, if you were to sit and read them you would see the evolution from when I first started affirmations to being like I'm kind to like I'm kind to others I am loved by many I am growing and changing into the person I want to be so it's like much more detailed into what I am really enjoying about myself and so that means I'm starting to love myself a lot more and as we all know everyone should definitely love themselves but it's really hard to do that in today's society with everything going on and people being like if you love yourself you're selfish and so I love myself a lot more than I ever have been and I really appreciate that I've been able to love myself as much as possible so some other things are just writing out my to-do list and back to the daily planner I have been much more focused to do stuff I've been more on my game I have been a little bit more bored because I had to figure out like other things that stimulate me and I also realized that being bored is a privilege right now because as opposed to being anxious 24-7. I've cut down on my caffeine intake just a little bit, but I think we're actually learning on how, what's the right amount of caffeine for me that it doesn't send me into like anxiety over like my medicine, because my medicine will obviously induce anxiety. Since I do have anxiety, it will induce it. Um, and so we're just trying to figure out the best caffeine recommendation. So here lately, I'll just tell you, I've been going to the local surplus store here in Fort Wayne and I will get the coffee pods for my Nespresso. So I, I know that people are going to be like, okay, what Nespresso do you have? Yes, I'm going to tell you. So I have like the little pod Nespressos. They're like the little single shots. They're really tiny. Um, I have a really tiny Nespresso. It's a very personal Nespresso, not the big Vertua brand. I don't have those, but I have like the small ones. And so they always sell them for like $3 for $10, 10 pack. $3 for a pack of 10 and I think that's exciting because I love having my Nespresso but I know it's an investment it's expensive I actually had a friend buy Amazon pods for me that are reusable hey Ruthie I had uh, her buy these reusable pods and I don't use them because I found these pods do I recycle my pods heck yeah I do I'm about to go send them off soon um, I've got a big giant bag of all my pods to be recycled because we recycle around here for some things like especially like that since I use so many coffee pods so I've been on the caramel brew I think it's just like caramel brulee caramel something it's like a caramel pod from Nespresso it's a it's from one of their barista lines and so I've been using that with planet oat caramel I wish I could tell you that like my at-home coffee has been changing but it's not I literally just drink a caramel coffee but when I'm at Starbucks, I usually am getting a um, salted caramel cold foam uh, cold brew. So here's the difference because we all know I'm dairy-free. Hey, I should be more dairy-free than I am, but I am for coffee for sure. can't drink straight milk. And so I've learned that the hard way. So I make the cold foam. I have them like do the cold foam with oat milk or almond milk, whatever they have available, usually oat milk and they will tell you it does not foam as well and that's true but also it does use like the almond milk it actually foams not too bad to be honest uh, we had that on our road trip home the other day 
to go see my three-year-old niece. It was her birthday on Saturday. And so we had that on the way there and they like foamed it really, really good. Other life updates, I'm really just enjoying my home. Um, I plan on going and seeing my partner's family in Florida sometime this month. I wanna have a housewarming party this Saturday. So it's like, I'm recording this on the 11th. It'll be like the 17th when we have the housewarming party and whenever this episode drops. Um, wanted to have it in July just so that we can have all of our friends here and celebrate this new home that we have because we have everything set up and it looks so good. We just need decorations on the wall. So if anyone has wall decoration ideas, please let me know. I forgot to stop off at Five Below the other day because my dog got groomed and so I had to quickly go pick her up. But she looks like a little cotton ball and it's cute. As for life updates, that's pretty much about it. I do plan on doing an episode where it talks about like my medicine, my therapy, and other things that I do. I'm still in therapy and still working on my mental health, but that's not really for necessarily this episode. It, it, it kind of is, but it's not. So I'm just gonna give a brief description of this episode, but yeah, we'll just go from there. Uh, this episode is about cutting off toxic family members. It's going to be a very emotionally charged episode because I have a lot of opinions about this and I know I'm going to hurt some people's opinions or some people's feelings when they listen to this episode. And I'm prepared for that because I understand that I have to make the best decision for myself and that means not having people in my life. So we're going to be talking about that. So buckle in after this brief ad and then we'll get into it. All right, thanks for listening to that brief ad. Anyways, this is going to be a very emotionally charged episode. I had a lot of life updates that was nine minutes long. I get that, but we're going to really get into this. And I'm a little nervous about this episode because this is a topic that I normally have a lot of nerves around since I have made moves in my life lately that are better for me. So like I said, my birthday was the 19th. And um, what I mean really by that is I have decided to make moves of only investing in family members who support me. And this has kind of been a hard decision, but after some tough moments that were kind of stemming from my birthday, I'd rather be with people that cherish me only. And so that means my family has to be loving and cherishing to me and my family has to support me and be there. Num- be, I have to be number one. They're my number one. And obviously, clearly the energy is not matched. And so I've, I've dedicated myself to this decision because at the end of the day, I will always be selfish about my needs and what I want. Now that I preface this a little bit, of hesitancy toward this topic, I want to keep going and discuss some of my backgrounds. So I had a friend suggest this to me because I am the queen, hey Evan, of cutting off toxic family members. I've been doing this for years and nothing like I cannot do. But that being said though, it has not always been easy for me to cut off family members and I am realizing how rooted in trauma that response was. So what I'm talking about is that people-pleasing tendency that you have is rooted in trauma most often from your family. It could be school, friends, whatever it is, but cutting off people is really, really hard because we have this people-pleasing tendency, such as myself, and that's rooted in a trauma response. 
With the help of my therapist though, I have been working on placing better boundaries with my family in order to truly be happy and that means clearly having boundaries. And you have to have boundaries. You have to be clear and upfront about them because people may not know that they're crossing your boundaries unless you say so. There are people who will cross it anyways and do not care, but I'm also stating people can cross a boundary you also didn't know you had and that's a learning moment for you. So I want you to kind of like reflect back on those moments and then learn from them. So my family disrespected me in this manner I didn't know that was a boundary that I didn't have before, but now I'm going to have it. I hope that like makes sense. So my background is rooted in a lot of trauma, you know, being a child who was raised by older grandparents, being a child raised in an, in my home was decently stable, but everything else outside of it was not very stable. So yes, I had two parents, but doesn't mean it was completely stable. And also, everything else was going outside of it, all of my siblings, my mom. My family was technically my first enemy and technically my first bullies. If we're being real here, they were my first enemy and my first bullies, the first people to put me in a negative mindset. I say this not with a light heart uh, because it impacted a lot of my life. In years of trauma, I will never get back. I think the more I think about the years I lost in my childhood due to my family, I get upset because now I have to go back and fix that in adulthood. And I am missing years of my adulthood to fix my childhood that I lost. I'm in therapy, I'm on medication, I have psych appointments all the time, but every day my partner could do something that triggers a childhood wound and I have to face it. I have to sit in therapy weekly or bi-weekly dealing with my childhood trauma so that I can get past it. And so I'm losing lots of my 20s trying to fix things that happen in my, you know, before 10 or 10 to 20, you know, kind of situation. I think this is a rant I honestly could have forever because I genuinely can't fathom why an adult would cause childhood trauma, really lifelong trauma and not feel bad about it. I've worked on this a lot in therapy and my own processing of it because you have to. But I found the reason they did this is because this they also had hurt childhood trauma. So I'm talking about my parents, I'm talking about the people in my life who hurt me. They also had hurt childhood trauma that they never processed. And now it's being passed on, creating generational trauma to a child. So if you didn't know what generational trauma means, that's what it means. It means not dealing with your own bullshit, your own trauma, your own issues. And so you pass that on to a child and that child then has to deal with the repercussions of you not dealing with your own shit. This isn't the child's fault, okay? This is not the kid's fault. But if that child turns into an adult and hurts others to come due to that trauma that's never been processed or taken care of, and doesn't take responsibility for their healing, then yeah, it would be that child's fault. Again, that child that turned into an adult that's hurting others, hurting themselves, passing on childhood trauma, that's that child's fault. So you're responsible for your healing 
and your actions past the childhood trauma, but you are not responsible for the childhood trauma that was given to you. You kind of just have to take responsibility and move on from the trauma the best you can because if not, it creates generational trauma. And if you're planning on having kids, you can't continue traumatizing children or your partner because that's who's really going to be facing a lot of it because you can't deal with your own shit. And so I will be doing that. I know at some point I wanna have kids and I can't begin thinking about kids until I fix my generational trauma that was put on me. So it is not my fault that my parents and the people in my life had trauma but it is my fault if I pass that on to a kid or my partner. Like I'm causing trauma to my partner or my child. I want my kids to know that their mother and father loves them more than anything and I want my kids to have the life I never had growing up. I want them to know they have two loving parents. Whether um, that's always true or not, (laughs) I want them to always know they have two loving parents and I can't think about actually beginning to have kids until, you know, I'm definitely on the right medication. I'm in therapy a lot. I'm really working through the childhood trauma because it's, it's not my kid's fault that I have all this trauma. And I know this will come with a lot of challenges and relearning my fault defaults. So I have a default, we all do, that we go to that's based off of childhood trauma or childhood. And I can't keep going back to that and I have to challenge that because my childhood was very traumatic in the sense of dealing with drug addicts in the sense of dealing with um addiction throughout my household like in my physical household addiction outside of my household all of my siblings being ripped away all of this stuff that's happened i haven't honestly talked to my mother but barely since i was 18. i've had little conversations with her and it's always at a distance because i want to protect myself and um you know, she could be doing better, she could be dealing with her stuff, and I'm sure that she is or whatever, but for me, it's it's safest when I'm not a part of that process anymore, and it's not saying that anyone that has an addiction, it's not saying that, like, they don't deserve to be loved and supported, because I will definitely support anyone going through an addiction process, and then, like, through the process of addiction and realizing like obviously I don't want to be addicted to this thing I would I'm supporting anyone who wants to deal with that and to really like you know be healthier and no longer be part no longer have that addiction they'll they'll always kind of really have that but like how do we work through that addiction I'm always going to support somebody but I'm going to support people from afar sometimes because it's better to do that And this really like brings me to my difficult choice to move on with my healing and to quote unquote cut off people from my life that need to understand I can't live in a cycle of abuse and trauma. So my PTSD gets triggered every single time that there's a family member that does something that hurts a childhood wound that I still have open. And those wounds are always gonna really exist. Like my grandpa's death, my dad's death, my grandpa slash dad's death that will always be a wound that's very very hurtful and so when people trigger that it's going to trigger some kind of response in me but i can't keep living and being triggered by the people around me and so that's what i'm gonna that's what i'm gonna really tell you is you cannot continue to be triggered by the people around you now there are healthy triggers you know people who make you think about your nasty habits that are no longer serving you but there are also triggers that 
put you into a really bad mindset and put you into depression or spiral or whatever it is and you can't be in that cycle of abuse and trauma. And really it's a cycle of abuse because those people in your life are abusing you. You know, they're abusing themselves but they're abusing you at the end of the day and you can't continue letting people abuse you and you deserve more. Everyone deserves better. And you don't deserve to be in a cycle of abuse when your abusers are your family members. We talk about relationship abuse, like, you know, romantic relationship. We don't talk enough about platonic, but also family abuse. Like, we really, really need to get to the root of that and quit being in the cycle of abuse and trauma so that we can break this generational trauma. We can break this generational abuse. So it wouldn't be me if I didn't give give tips about this topic. I'm so sorry. I'm so passionate about this. Um, Tip number one, it's okay to have boundaries. So as a child, you were obviously not allowed to have boundaries. And we know that. I was not allowed to have boundaries either. My door was not allowed to be closed. Um, I couldn't talk. I couldn't quote unquote talk back to my parents when in reality, reality, I just had an opinion about something. And I wanted to talk about it. So my parents thought I was always talking back and I would get in trouble for this. And it was a really big challenge for me because it made me feel like I was a disobedient child when I was not disobedient. I just had an opinion. So those boundaries that you had, that you couldn't have as a kid, you can have now. You don't have to let anyone in your life if you don't want to. You don't have to deal with anyone's bullshit if you don't want to. Because at the end of the day, you are allowed to be selfish and be the person that you needed growing up. Um, And that's a tip later. We'll talk about that a little bit. But um, you have to be your savior. You have to be the person there for you. You have to be the person who loves you the most. And that means putting up walls and barriers that people cannot cross because it's safest for you. Tip number two, if they don't cherish you and love you, they don't deserve access to you. So that's kind of like a tip one. They don't deserve access to you. I just recently had an issue with... uh, not going to talk about it too much, but I just recently had an issue with somebody in regards to uh, celebrating me, literally my birth, and they didn't, and that's on them, and so they don't deserve access to me anymore. I give access to those I feel love and cherish me. My partner has access to me. My friends have access to me. Anyone who gives me the love and support has access to me, and those are the only people who get the VIP pass, okay? Tip number three, this isn't going to be easy, but in the long run, it's going to be happier. I was just talking to my aunt this morning and we were talking about how she's so much happier with the boundaries that she's placed and the people that she's cut off. And I love that for her because in the end, you're going to be happier. It sucks, okay? When you're a people pleaser and you're the person that like has to please literally everyone, It sucks to say no to somebody. It sucks to have a boundary. It sucks to be like, I can't deal with this. I can't be around this anymore. It literally eats you away because you're a people pleaser and that's a childhood trauma response. And so I get it. You're going to be very miserable for a little bit because it's like, wow, this is so hard. Like, I I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to cut them off. But you're going to be happier because... At the end of the day, those people, like I said, 
don't deserve access to you. Those people don't deserve to have access to you. So you, tip number four, can call it a break from that person, that family member, if it's easier for you to address it. I just once again talked about this with my aunt. I said, I'm taking a break from this person. And I know that like we say that in a relationship and it's like, oh, I'm never coming back to that person. You don't have to go back to that person if you're on a break. I'm just saying you can call it taking a break from that person if it's easier for you to address the situation. For me, it's easier to be like, I'm just going to take a break for a little bit. I'm not going to respond to that person and I'm not going to call that person. I'm just going to take some time to think about their place in my life and take a quick break and decide if this relationship is worthy for me. Lastly, tip number five is be the adult you needed growing up. So this is my favorite, favorite saying. I, I think that this was in a TED talk, if I believe so. I'm, I'm literally gonna Google this. Um, oh, I believe it was in a TED talk, but I am just not finding it. But it was like an image and it was like, be the adult you needed growing up. And I thought that was the most genius like thing ever. I really did. I thought that that saying was like the most genius saying. And I was like, yeah, hell yeah. Like the adult I needed growing up was a consistent, loving adult who takes care of themselves, who's healthy physically and mentally, the adult that I needed growing up was someone who stood up for me, someone who loved me, cherished me, and now I get to be that adult for myself. So I'm healing my own childhood wounds by taking care of that child, that inner child inside of myself, and I'm being the adult that she needed. So little shy in there needed a really nice, comforting, loving an adult, and I get to be that for her. I get to be the comforting, loving adult that she needed growing up, and I get to be that for a future kid. I get to be that for my students. I'm a teacher, so my students face a lot of challenges and stuff like that. And for me, I have to be the adult that they needed. Like, I need to be the adult that they need or they did not have access to or whatever it is because you never know what your kids are dealing with. And I know a big picture of what my kids were dealing with. And so I always said to myself, I'm gonna be the adult you needed. But I'm also going to be the adult I need growing up. Like if I, I'm in a program that really targets a lot students with like barriers and I was a student with a barrier, I was low income, all of that stuff. And so I needed a really cool adult who was very influential in my life and I did have those adults, but now I get to do it even better. Mental health, I get to be, you know, the one that's advocating for mental health, advocating for medicine, advocating for therapy, advocating for getting your shit together. I get to be the adult that I needed growing up. And so if you don't have adults in your life that were good people, don't repeat that because now you get to be the good adult. You get to be the adult you genuinely needed. And that inner child in you is going to be so happy when you're growing and learning and you're becoming the adult that that person needed. And so truly take that saying and apply it to your freaking life. Apply that shit every single day. And when you wake up, you think, what adult did I needed growing up? Because I had shitty parents, I had a shitty lifestyle, or whatever you had going on, and you think, I need that adult. 
I need to be a good adult. I need to be a good person for myself and I need to be a good person for everyone else and be a good adult because we need more of those people in this world. Man, that's all I got to (laughs) say. That's all I got to say. I could talk about that for hours, but that's all I've got to say. I mean, that's a hard, this is a hard topic to talk about because when you're cutting off people, it's very, very hard about how do you do that? How do you go about that? And at the end of the day, you can just take a break from people. I'm going to take a break from you. I'm not going to respond. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to give you access to me. And one day I'm going to be happier about this. I love you all. And I honestly hope that you take this advice and you apply it to your life. Platonically, romantically, family, whatever it is, apply this to your life. And think about the people in your life and who deserves access to you. And think about who who I want to be too. Like, who do you want to be? Really, that's a big question. Who do you want to be? Do you want to be that shitty parent who smoked, who would rather spend money on Mountain Dew? Or do you want to be that great parent who would literally take the clothes off their back for their child if it made them happier? Think about that. Think about what kind of adult you need to be in this life and what kind of adult that little inner child in you needs. Anyways, I love you all. I hope that you are enjoying this podcast. I'm so excited. It's on Apple Podcasts now. I'm going to keep distributing my content everywhere. Um, I have an Instagram now. It's Coffee with Shay Podcast. Coffee with Shy Podcast, C-A-G-Y. Um, and I really just hope to continue growing this and giving you all, you guys all the love that you guys give me. And I appreciate every single person that listens to this podcast because you're making my dreams come true. That inner child, Shy. You're making her dreams come true because her voice is being heard to people. Her voice is being appreciated by people. And that makes me really sappy. So I'm going to end it right here before I start crying. And I appreciate you all. Thank you.